I am unashamed. What about you? Well, I'm having a, I should have worn another hat. <laughs> this is a weird looking hat I'm wearing. It's kind of got a, uh, I always think of medievals like it should. It's in should be inside like uh, some armor. Yeah, it's like a you know like a, on a tank going by. Yeah, that's right. Like one of the tank guys or the a knight on a horse. It's it's like a. I've had about three people in the public say, like at a convenience store, say, "Where'd you get that hat?" <laughs> and I've said the same thing. I don't know. <laughs> it just showed up. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Don't know where. Sometimes you up. don't have an answer for the particular <laughs> wardrobe you you ended up in. Well, I notice, you know, I hate to put genders in a box, but these women they they talk about all the time where they get stuff and things are on sale and yeah. Because Missy asked me, she's like, "Where where did you get that hat?" I said. I don't know. <laughs> I said, you don't like it? And she went, no. <laughs> so so ba based on that on that response, you're not sure if the people at the convenience store were saying that because they wanted one yeah. or because oh, they're like, what's wrong with you for wearing that? so I weird. Our culture is so weird because most people, they feel proud of like wearing something that other people like, especially my wife. They have all these talk. But I don't care. It doesn't bother me. It right. doesn't bother me that you don't like my hat. I'm proud of that. Right. You you don't have to make me feel better about. I'm no fashion guru, obviously. <laughs> so. Well, and also when I, I I retreated from the, you know, standard procedure. We live in a town of about. Western Road is about 30,000. 30,000, 35, 30, 40,000 across the river. Once you put Monroe. it together, it's about 60, yeah. But you know, if you don't ever for about a decade <laughs> go, go, go to town, get out of the vehicle in a parking lot, if you don't ever do that, and after about a decade, there's a book signing. You're the one that lined it up, I guess. <laughs> well. so we got a little book signing here. It wasn't exactly me, but, yeah, I was a part of it. I got me a couple of bodyguards just in case. I said, you know how much we've deteriorated in the last decade? I said, because I haven't been shopped or been inside a – that we had one Unless the longer you're away from the public, you're a little more paranoid about it. You've broken mean, out the Kevlar, the It was the, the strangest thing for a decade, and I walk in, you know, this place called Books a Million – <laughs> and and I looked and around. Were and there I, a million books in there? Yeah, uh, <laughs> or more. And I just looked around, you know, and <laughs> if you don't ever go into a particular part of the forest, <laughs> you have no idea what's going on in that particular area. I, I walked in there, and I was just looking around. And Were there other people in there? Yeah, there were a few people sitting around that – you know, oh, it, is that it, place still in business? It's still in business. Oh, there wasn't a large crowd that had gathered for sure, so maybe not enough advertising, or maybe a prophet's not accepted in his hometown. I don't know. But, I think it was a lack of uh, advertising and marketing. Yeah. To me, I looked around, you know, and, and of course the few people that walked up there, you know, and I signed a few books. Uh, they knew me, but of course I had no idea. On, on just the ebb and the flow 
of city life, but if you stay away from it for 10 years and you, you go, it, it's a strange feeling. <laughs> I mean, you talk about feeling like you're out of your element. If you don't do something for 10 years, right. you don't participate at all. You've removed it, yourself from, except you know, for your Sundays. Uh, yeah. I think you've fallen through a crack of civilization. <laughs> well, it, it, it was a strange yeah. feeling. I was looking around. Well, I just didn't feel, what's the word? I, I just didn't feel like I was. Comfortable? Yeah, I, I was just watching people walk, and they'd come in, walk around, looking at books, and I think, hmm. Strange, huh? <laughs> Here's what they did. Very strange. This is very, I was uh, thinking they were all, they seemed strange, and they looking over at me thinking, who is that? Well, you are strange, so. No, I'm not. I, I, I mean, I. No, I think you are. But I think <laughs> so, that's okay. That's why I'm saying it doesn't hurt my feelings that people don't like my hat. But I wouldn't do that. At all now that I went back after a decade, I haven't shopped or been in a. They did film one little blurb about when I gave my woman the necklace. They yep. filmed that. You I went, went to a shopping. jewelry store. It was like to a jewelry store, and they had the camera set up, and I walked in. It was Phyllis's it was, child. It was more or less an act, you know, so, right. so I didn't even count that one. I think that was a good move, though. You did good. Yeah. You got to keep your best friend happy. Right. And that was yeah. a, you know, every yeah. 40, 50 years, you might already go to the town and buy or something. You know, but, but people are. Uh, <laughs> I was kidding. At, at least. You know, shopping is not what it used to be. You see what I'm saying? Well, well you, you don't. But I mean, you're saying that from down on the riverbank. If you go out, if you go to Walmart. I never have been much of a shopper, but the duck, duck call thing. We went out, we met with the public, and we'd go to this little thing, you know, and we'd have a little booth set up where you're. They're still doing that. Shop was interacting, yeah, but but now the only interaction I have is uh, I I sit in my chair, and at seven thirty, someone's bing on the computer is going to come on, and I interact with that person. Yeah, you know, I'm just it's a computer. I'm looking at them; they're looking at me. But but that's the only interaction I actually have. Well, Phil, you need Sunday to get out morning. more. You need to get out more. Maybe do a late year resolution. That's right, a little shopping yeah. tour. I don't know what you could do, <laughs> but maybe you and Miss Kay could. Uh... It's a very uncomfortable feeling when, <laughs> when, when, I, when I get in a vehicle, <laughs> driving amongst other people driving around. Why is this funny? <laughs> and, it, and it seems it weird. It's like some kind of deep psychiatric evaluation <laughs> of civilization. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's just. Town living, you know. Yeah, it's yeah. Totally town living. That. Well, I mean, Phil, look, you got to realize I'm up there on the cutting edge. <clears throat> I guess I'll divulge. I thought about bringing this up last time, but it's just a constant dose of this, Jace. Well, let me tell you, roaming around on streets and going into these places. Here's my struggle. Phil. I mean, just a constant diet of that. I mean, I, I think hope they, I'm not going. I said this will drive you nuts. I hope I'm not going to break a law by sharing this. But so here's the deal: we had this situation come up a few years ago where I wanted some chickens and oh no we're in in are we in the city limits or no, outside? we're, we're outside. not but we have this <clears throat> HOA thing it's been well documented people have followed our family I've had a running battle with them we do a a little skit on the TV show our, our little duck show mm -hmm. and I throw them under the bus mercilessly well in real life you know, I hurt these people's feelings because it's all basically family or married-in family that live in our neighborhood. <clears throat> and so they got to analyzing their policies, and they thought, you know, this, this, is, this is borderline ridiculous. 
So they made a few changes. So I thought, well, I won this war. I have fought civilization and the rule system. And it's just ridiculous that you can't have your own chickens. <clears throat> so now... You wanted some chickens. That's all you... chickens, and they said, no, that's not allowed. It doesn't seem like a... Like a, that, that request is, is way out there in left field. I need a few chickens. Well, in all the uh, papers that we signed when we moved in the neighborhood, one of them in the fine print said that you had to go along with this these HOA thing. I didn't even know what HOA was. I mean, I signed no, it. No, no chickens <clears throat> in the, the rules on the what? I think it said no farm animals. <clears throat> no so you couldn't, it wasn't just chickens. You couldn't have a pig. No cow. You can't have a cow. You can't have goats. No pigs. And so, well, they got embarrassed when the show came out, so they made some changes. Well, I'm saying all that to say this, what's happened in the last two weeks. So now I've seen a fox. I mean, it's the biggest red fox I've ever seen. And I've been in the woods my whole life. And he's prowling throughout the neighborhood. Uh, twice he's been right at my neighbor's. My, he keeps his chickens pinned up because one time he let them out and they call it, they refer to it as the massacre of, you know, all the kids were crying. And, oh, I witnessed and they, that. I, yeah, where you have so, chickens, the, the foxes will gather. This well, like right. this, this one has showed up. And so about three days ago, I get up. It's like, I don't know, six o'clock in the morning. Sun's just coming up. I'm in, I'm cleaning my coffee pot up. I look up in my front yard in between my mailbox and where I'm looking out, and that fox is just standing there in my yard. Of course, I get my gun. And, of course, I look at my two little dogs and say, what are y'all doing? <laughs> There's a fox in our yard, you know. So I get the gun, try to get a shot. I had one shot, but there was too many houses in the background. I didn't want to shoot. So I thought, because he that fox is trying to get the chickens, my neighbor's chickens, and we have an arrangement. I do all their uh, wood chopping, you know, when we had the hurricanes come mm -hmm. through. I did all that for free because I love my neighbor, but they've been supplying me with fresh eggs. This is the arrangement we have. That's, that's the always, Dan. That's the, yeah. So two different <laughs> times I've caught this fox trying to break in their hen house and they said, we'll keep giving you eggs, as many as you can eat, if you'll take care of this problem for us. Because that's what I'm good at. I'm like, I'll, I'll take care of the fox. So while you're there, before you go any further, mm -hmm. uh, I just talked to Curly, Curly Don. I, first time I, I converted him when he was about 17. He's a teenager. And now he's, what, 50? He's Chase's age, yeah. yeah. He, so sometimes and I stay seen, away from numbers. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I haven't seen him in you know twenty five years. Well, he rolls <laughs> in there. I don't know about that. No, he, and, he, and he told me what we need. He was talking about y'all mainly. He said they they're making air rifles now. It's silent. It's no, no sound. You, you can't hear hear the door. And they've got them up to fifty caliber. I mean, but he said a twenty-five caliber would do it. What's the range on this? Oh, yeah, he, you know, for a fox, that fox standing in the yard, yeah, you would have been not, you wouldn't have made a sound, and he'd had a, he'd, he'd have a, <laughs> a, a piece of lead right yeah. in between his eyes. It well, we got to kill the fox. Any, if you're going to be in a subdivision and to get around a lot of the rules, 
Well, here's what a, I was You need a hair <laughs> rifle, not a, not a, you know, stick your shotgun. I'm not worried about AR. the sound, uh, yeah, you know, sound. of the gunfire. I'm outside the, the city limits. What I am worried about is then my wife, because I was telling her, giving the play-by-play. But she's like, well, some of the neighbors, they're, they're posting pictures of this fox. They're like, oh, look at this cute little guy. Uh-oh. Yeah. You see? So now I'm like, well, wait Rabies a carrying yeah. varmint. <laughs> this fox is coming out <laughs> in the daylight <laughs> trying to kill all these chickens yep. that everybody has now because oh, yeah. they deem that organic. And I'm like, do y'all not see the problem here? You either got <clears throat> to go to the woods <clears throat> and get the fox way away from here, or you're going to have to shoot this fox if you want the chickens. Because he, he's not going to let up. He's already letting his guard down. Because why? Because everybody's taking pictures of him, and they're domesticating him. He's not wild, which is dangerous. You know, I got little dogs and everything else. I mean, this is a big fox. So you say, well, in the civilized world, what they say is, well, you call somebody. But you know what they do? They call somebody like me. And they go and they kill the fox. You see what I mean? Yep. Once they lose that. Yeah. Once they're no longer wild, he becomes dangerous. So somebody, and I believe this is God sanctioned, humans have to control the ebb and flow of the animal kingdom. That's what we do. We have a problem. This fox is running rampant and wants to kill all our chickens. And we're in we're in a civilized place. Yep. Since I don't have chickens, uh it within uh I'd say it's about 150 yards up the hill. You come down a little hill, and you're in a, we're in a little pocket there right on the riverbank. And we have a multiple fox dens where they raise and all, holes yep. in the ground. They're just multiple holes in the side of the bank. And it, it is a mecca for foxes. They, we see You're in the woods every year. We see it's little, fine out little, here. We see, it's fine out here. We see, what I'm saying we is see the mama fox and we see the old daddy fox, and then they're having the young foxes every year. So they're not bothering me at all. If unless you don't have any unless chickens. you start decided to start having some chickens, then you know, unless you, you can't st- have a bunch of chickens and have foxes right. running through the neighborhood. Yeah, we don't this have is- chickens, so I, 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 they they're not a threat to me. And I said, you know, ever man for ever fox for himself. Y'all make it, you know. If y'all I'm get the same way. Dogs. I would love the fox. Hang on, Jazz. Let's take a break. So I found out from our friends at Omega XL that the human body has 360 joints in the body, starting at the top, wind up at the bottom. You're talking about all the way down. And they take a beating as you get a little bit older. There's no doubt about it. And so your joints hurt. You know, you get As you get older, your body doesn't produce what they call SPM, which basically helps rejuvenate your joints. When you're young, you, know, you don't think about your joints hurting. But you get older and you start moving around, you start figuring out you got some aches and pains. So what you're trying to do is figure out a way to rejuvenate your joints. And so this product, Omega XL, specializes in just that. It's made from uh, these uh, green lip mussels. Uh, where do they grow them, Dad? In the pristine waters in New Zealand. There you go. And uh, a wonderful product. Take several of those mussels to produce one of these little gels that you take. Here's what you do if you want to check them out. And Dad and I are taking it. It works for us. OmegaXL.com slash Al. You're going to get 
buy one bottle, get a second bottle for free. And so it's going to give you about a two-month supply. OmegaXL.com slash Al or 1-800-844-4888. That's 800-844-4888. But I love eating eggs better than I like <laughs> posting pictures of foxes on Facebook. It's a continuing yeah. uh, scrap and in the, the midnight hours, but but Jason's and the, tapped of in. animals having fights, our my dogs having fights <laughs> with bobcats, foxes, yeah. And, yeah. and armadillos, and everything you know, possums. Well, my poons. my dogs have just quit. They they just <laughs> yeah. But look, Jason's right. He's tapped into something because I just thought about this. One of my neighbors. A lot of people live in Alabama where we are. They they live part time there and part time some other place. And so there's one couple that's from a big city. And so one of my other neighbors was telling me that they had seen two copperheads, you know, right there in front of, right at the doorstep. You know, a copperhead, they'll get right at the doorstep. Yeah, we killed two in our yard three three days ago. So 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 my neighbor finds out, he says, well, I got to get over there and kill them things. And so he, he mentions that. He said, look, I'll take care of that for you because, you know, they're, they're kind of big city folks. And they're like, oh, no, no, no. We, I mean, that's, we, we would never kill a snake you know they're they're part of the ecosystem and they go into this whole thing and i thought so would you rather us die <laughs> well, well that's what a neighbor said he said hey i got two dogs you know i i, I don't want to copperhead slithering around our our yard here it's dangerous we got little kids we got plus yeah. i told them the story about mac owen you know they, they like to get right there at the bottom of the steps yep. you take a step over one and he'll just zap you right on the hill that's where these two were they had crawled up under some you know, you know, the beautify of the landscape. Miss K got with some guy and he and he put rocks, you know, some rocks on the side of the, yep. the slope there going down to the riverbank. Right. And he put some rocks here, there, and under. Well them copperheads, you know, that's perfect for them. Oh, right? they blend right in. Yeah. That's what so, our, well, some our... guy was cleaning up the flower beds the other day, uh and uh we we converted them way back. I can't remember what the name <laughs> was, but anyway, but he was just Pointing out the fact that you know he killed two copperheads right there in the yard. I mean, about twenty feet from the front steps. So, but society in that case, is too react. You know, they just react. You know, you got your woman there. She's walking around out there looking at the flowers, and you know, if it's <laughs> snake infested, you you'll kill the snakes. Well, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Right. But in here, our society, they wait. You know, a bear mauls a family, and then they go kill the bear. I would like, say once I've the bear 100. leaves the woods and gets in your yard. Take him out. <laughs> I've killed 100 at least more probably of, of through the years of poisonous snakes that would really be detrimental to your health. Right. You well, know, I take it back to the— Five-foot rattlesnakes. They're five feet long, and you look at one of them, you say, oh, you'll— you, I you, take it back to the very beginning. Last, last podcast, we talked about God's order, how he made man, woman to rule the earth. That was the way he put it. And if we're to rule it— that means that things that will damage us in the in the rulership, you know, that's that's just the, the law of the God's order. Well, the problem I, is when you don't answer the question how we got here. If your answer is not the God above, well, then you get into thoughts like, well, this is where we came from. We're we're yeah. actually us and the animals, and then we're going to live in harmony, and that works until someone gets clawed or eaten. <laughs> 
by an animal. Yes, Jay, I thought about you, Jay. I was watching. I wish I remembered the guy's name, but I don't. It was on an interview, and I just kind of came into it, but it was on a, a new show. But he, what struck me was he, he mentioned your questions. He said, here's the way he put it. He said, fewer and fewer people are asking the most important questions. And then he, he hit your questions. He was like, you know, why, why am I here? What is my purpose? And he started. How did I get here? Yeah. What am I doing here? And how am I leaving? He, those, he, those three questions. Are he, he worded it a little differently, but he, he was, it was your questions. And he was like, he, his observation was fewer and fewer people are even asking that question. You know, they just don't think about it anymore or whatever. I mean, I didn't, I didn't see the whole it's interview. bad for society when you can't answer those three questions. Yeah, or when it doesn't even come up anymore. You're so caught up in the minutia. It is an interesting little text while y'all are there. Uh, ask Job, this is Job 12, ask the, uh, the animals and they will teach you, uh, are the birds of the air, they'll tell you, or speak to the earth, and it will teach you, or let the fish of the sea inform you. Which of all these does not know that the hand of the Lord has done this? In other words, put them there. In his hand, this is an interesting statement, because a, a guy wrote me a letter, and he said he believes that they'll, he'll have his favorite dog that passed on a few months back, the dog died, and he said, I think he'll be there in eternity. But anyway, which of all these things do you not know that the hand of the Lord has done this? When you look at the animal world, the fish and all that. In his hand, in God's hand, Job's talking, is the life of every creature and the breath of all mankind. So that's a pretty interesting text about the animal world, God even knowing them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, uh, the question would be, you know, are you going to have your, 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 your pet dog in heaven? Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure. I don't know. You know, dogs are interesting because they do have a spirit. There's no doubt about it. I, it's the soul part that they don't have because there's no conscience. Mm -hmm. But they do have a spirit, so... I don't know. Maybe all animals do, but I know for sure a dog does because you can be around one and realize they're high spirited, they're low spirited. I mean, some of our listeners might want to make a comment. I have. I there have. is a movie that said all dogs go to heaven. So yeah, I don't have a problem with it. I don't either. I put a many other you know animal in heaven. One of the ducks and <laughs> I ate yeah. some crappie yeah. last night. Yeah, I sent them on to that great <clears throat> crappie lake. Beyond, but I wonder yeah. how you know. You think about it, there's it's been thousands of years. I mean, we're talking millennia, where dogs have interacted with human beings in different ways. I mean, they're even their breeding, they they help mankind. I it's mean, amazing how smart some of them are. Right. Well, you think about all the hunting dogs and oh. going all the way back, but their role was they had a special interaction with mankind. I don't know how far that goes back. You know, the, to me, the important part is you have to have that order of God, humans, animals yeah. in that order. So it's up to us to make judgments on these. If you have a fox in a civilized neighborhood that is running rampant, is not scared of humans, and is out to kill anything that moves, well, yeah. as a human and a love for my neighborhood and for chickens, right? 
you you have to make a decision. You get on up in the it's northwest, in the northwest out there. I mean, Stevenson and all tell us they're just sitting there drinking a cup of coffee in their living room, and they'll look out through the side doors there and got the curtains pulled back, or they got a view of the Rocky Mountains. And he said, you'll just see mountain lions literally walk by on your porch. <laughs> I mean, pretty good size, you know, pretty good size, a lion, mountain lion, pretty good size cat. That's a big cat. And Stevenson sent us some pictures, you know, Dan, Dan's, that's Dan's dad. And 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 he'll send a picture every once in a while to be just a mountain lion. Oh, he's 20 feet from him. Yeah. Now, this thing here will kill you That's right. and eat you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, they're big enough to be a predator oh, yeah. if they choose to be. But, but of course, I don't know what kind of rules they've got on them, but, you know, Gary sure doesn't feel, feel, you know, fool with them. I'm he, pretty sure you can't shoot them. That's why I said. He films them. Yeah. But, you know, when these, in these subdivisions, you know, there's deer walking around out there in the, and, you know, where Burley and them are, they're seeing, you know, mountain lions, you know, moose, elk. Whatever, but you know, a lot of times when they're elk, I guess when they're doing what the fox did and is doing in our neighborhood, Jace, they'll the state will commission uh, hunters to go and kill a mountain lion if he's killing people's livestock, and so even they even there's a realization in government that you can't have. But it it there's a certain group of people that I would never. That's right. Every every time they won't drive on an interstate because they don't want to kill the bugs hitting the windshield. Yeah. Well, you know. You can carry it too far. Yeah, yeah I think that's think? too far. <laughs> let's, let's take another break. So, Dad, I don't know if you know this or not. How much equity you have in your home? Do you know that? No. <clears throat> I didn't figure you were the guy that took care of that. Jace, you probably don't know either, do you? Tell us. <laughs> well, I don't know how much equity is in your home. I know how much equity I have in my home, and I can't imagine if a cyber criminal stole that equity, which is happening, unfortunately, um, around the world. All, that's, a, that's a big part of a person's savings is the equity they have in their home because your house is usually your greatest asset. You sell it, whatever equity you have, that's money that you make. If someone comes in online, which is what they're doing, some cyber thief, and your deed, which is the only thing that says you own your home, is kept somewhere online – he forges and says that now he is the owner of your home, and then he steals the money that you have put into your home by you know using it himself or taking out loans or whatever. This is uh, the FBI says one of the the fastest growing crimes, which is why you need to go to HomeTitleLock.com to get the peace of mind of knowing that your deed is protected. HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com, and make sure that you own your home. Well, anyway, Chase, we hope you get that problem solved. The, the well, H- if I do, you won't hear about it. Well, it the main slow. HOA guy did had a conversation with Jay this last week, and he said, "He said we got a fox problem in the neighborhood." Oh, he acknowledged so it. So he acknowledged it, and even said, "Told Jay, he said, you know, he said I, I, you need to take care of it if you can." So he knew he probably wasn't well, aware. I'm feeling better about this. So he, so there were other. There's a posse being formed by the HOA people that the fox has to go. Well, I had three seconds, and we wouldn't have this problem. But it just, I whistled at him, but he stopped. But he, if he had stopped, if I'd have done this three seconds earlier, 
It's just I'm not going to shoot toward a house. So 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 that conversation, I'll bring that up before we leave this, which was interesting, and to show you how you get things out of order. So the same guy, who's our HOA guy, he told Jay, he was like, because Jay was calling him about something else, and he was like, yeah, I'll help you out. He said, look, could you help me out with your dogs? Because they're barking every night yeah, between 1 and 3 a.m. Yeah, I hear him. And so he's like, can you do something about that? Of course, I've already talked to Jay about it. About I'm pretty sure they're probably barking at that fox. Well, yeah, that, yeah. that yeah. and one other thing. This same guy, HOA guy, has put a deer feeder behind his house. So it's drawing every deer in that area. Well, guess when they're coming to feed? Between 1 and 3 a.m. Yep. So between the fox and the deer, the dogs are going berserk because you got all these animals that are invading their space. So it's kind of a weird phenomenon that we're drawing in all, all the outer things. But then, of course, Jay's like, well, why would I have dogs? The, their main goal is to be there as an alarm system for me. Yeah. But which you've used, now that's you've rendered that useless. Because now everything else is triggering my dogs. I got them there in case some sinister person wants to come on my property. So it's an interesting discussion that we're trying to figure out what to do. Because the the answer is to put the dogs up. When you put the dogs up, then they're not there to alert you if something's going on. I would say you need need to get a noise buffer. You know, they have these apps now where, like, you can have an a jet engine. I mean, you won't hear the dogs barking if you put it right by your ear. Well, you can put a fan. Yeah, I and, think I'd just stick with the dogs. <laughs> then have something like a jet in my ear. I don't, well, what's worse, the, a jet engine or a dog? I'm on the road all the time, and you go to these hotels where the walls are thin. I mean, I just I go with a jet engine. You get used to it after about five minutes. And then you can't hear right. what's going on out there. You wake up next morning. Oh, okay. All right. Here we turn the jet engine off. Well, I think our solution is we're going to put the dogs up because they're not really, I told you, I said, well, they're not really alerting you that. to any danger because all they're doing is what bargaining about somebody them. coming up in the yard? Well, I said, that's no. there's a trade-off somewhere. John, you need to try what I'm telling you. People do But then this. you got to have you got to have everybody in the neighborhood doing that because if you don't do that, then the dogs bother you. Well, we've trained ourselves to recognize the difference between the dogs barking at a possum and barking at a human. Well, right. You yeah. can tell. There's the a different, difference. you can tell. You can. Right, like my dogs, they I don't. I tell when somebody's coming up on edge of the edge before they even get to the porch. Their bark is a different kind Their of bark. Their bark is somebody is right here, right, right here in the yard. You've learned how to speak dog. That's right. Because you, you got it. You got their yep. different timbers. They're more excited if it's. But a I have some pretty smart dogs. But if you say, you know, where's Miss K? You know, they'll go, they'll go get <laughs> They're looking out the window. I said, here comes Miss K. They all get to the window. They all run to the window, and they're all looking. But then they just, ah! They all run and meet her out there in the yard, you know. So they can understand the English language. Right. How are you doing? Miss K's on her way. Shut up. You know, they understand it. (laughs) Which, to my point, I think it puts dogs, and, and I'm sure now I'm probably getting in trouble, that puts them in a different class among the animal world, they yep. seem to have a different interaction with human beings than any other animal. That's true. Even a cat, and I know there's cat people out there, but they don't interact the same as a dog does. A dog has a recognition. Well, Miss case showed me somebody, and there was a cat and a, and, a, and a bird, a parrot, 
a parrot was sitting on a little thing like this. This is not going to end well. The cat's, yeah, and the cat's right here. And look, the cat's going. Mm-hmm. He's <laughs> he's petting he's petting, petting the, the bird. bird the bird you know and the cat being very careful that cat's just yeah smoothing his feathers I'll tell out. you what that cat's doing I said <laughs> Miss K said how to, have you ever seen anything like that I said well it's somebody that had trained the cat this mm-hmm. parrot is your friend. And, and this the is cat my was point, me. Phil. The that's that. That's all really <laughs> good you, until the cat gets hungry. <laughs> yeah. One day, it's just oh, happy. I thought that, but happy. But he was being very careful not to hurt this thing. So whoever had trained him had spent quite the time to get the cat to. But Jace is Jace is right. At the end of the day. The instincts that the Almighty puts in them. Yeah. Look, we were down watching Mike the Tiger. Now, so this is they, you know, it's the his hand. His hand is the life <laughs> of every creature. Well, he made them all. Yeah, yeah. So, so, it, the so, so I'm watching. I'm watching a tiger that was. I remember when they first got him. He was very small, so he was just a what would you call it? What's a tiger? A cub, I don't know yes. what they're whatever. Yep. So the little small tiger, totally raised in, you know, in a in, in captured environment. Mm-hmm. So now he's five years old, big, full grown tiger. He's in his little cage. People come and look at him. I mean, his life every day is thousands of people coming, looking in the cage and taking pictures. And they had a couple of signs up, and one by a glass that's next to some water it said, "Don't turn your back to the glass." which I thought was interesting. I read that. I thought, hmm. The rest of it is just mesh going all the way around this. They probably got an acre of land that this tiger lives on. Most time he's just sitting up there. He'll walk around a little bit. But I noticed some people were taking some video pictures, and they turned their back on him. And he was sitting up there on that hill, and and all of a sudden he got real still. And then he took off at a dead run towards this little family. I mean, they're standing five feet from me. And then he just did a, you know, when he got to the thing, he just did a hard right. Of course, they all screamed and jumped. And did you get it on the video? But I watched that, and he did it a couple other times while we were there. There's a reason there. He's a predator. So I I looked it up. I Googled it. I thought, that's what they do. When you turn your back, you're in the wild. They see somebody not paying attention. They get down low. That's when they attack. But I thought to myself, here's a, a tiger raised in captivity. But in deep, there was still that instinct, even though he knew that was, I'm in a cage, I can't get him. But for a minute there, he was hunting. Yep. And it was just like. And if they had been within his grasp, he'd have taken them. Well, that's why you can't mess around with a wild animal. I mean, even if. I don't like pinning them up, you know, honestly. I mean, I brought this up before. I mean, I just like for them to roam. Stay in their lane. Me too. Out in the wild. I just don't don't like caging them up, you know. Me either. It goes against everything that they were made for. I like the, uh, that's why I like the doggy doors now. I mean, that was a good invention. Yeah. I I got dogs. They ain't come in, but. I mean, I I want them to be dogs. Right. Get out there. You're not a part of this family, you know, as far as a human. <laughs> we love you, and you're you got a role to play. Right. But go outside. Do your doggy thing. Because <laughs> <laughs> really, they're meant for it to be outside. Exactly. Let's take another break. So, Dad, you probably won't know this because uh, 
I think you send Dan in to buy most of your groceries these days, but grocery prices, especially meat, has skyrocketed. Tell me about it. With the uh, with everything going on with inflation and just you know all these control issues about getting product here, one of the uh, one of our sponsors, which is a great company. Is a great uh, is a great antithesis to that because you order from them, they've stayed pretty much the same on their pricing and on their structure. And the good thing about this is, you order from these guys at Good Ranchers, and then they're going to send it straight to your house, and uh, it has a really good locked in price for you. So it's it's very affordable, but it's also a good product. Their beef uh, is prime and upper choice, which is the top two highest grades. Uh, everything they have, we, I've tried everything that they that they sell and it's all really good um, we want you to check these guys out you go to goodranchers.com slash fill and you're going to get $30 off their already low prices just by going you can do a one-time order or you can subscribe and save an additional $25 off of each box plus when you subscribe your price will never go up for the life of your subscription so it really makes it inflation proof so check these guys out goodranchers.com Slash Phil, use the code Phil, enjoy your box of 100% American meat and your $30 savings. They can come visit. Right. But, yeah. Because it's the same thing. Yeah, there's people that don't have dogs and cats and go in there and you're like, ooh, what's that smell? Because <laughs> they're literally just, they don't understand indoor plumbing. No. And they're just cleaning it up. I mean, I every day, every day, it's just ooh. I mean, I just couldn't couldn't do it. Although my, Alex told me that you can train a cat to use a human pot to use. I'd a, like to see that. She, she said it's doable because she has a couple of cats, and so she said, "I, I think I need to." She ran, you know. I she mean, I think at, I'd get into a little more worthwhile venture of life <laughs> than training your cat to get up on to use the, the pot. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I'd give you $20 just to see it. <laughs> well, it was on a movie, at uh, one of the, some funny movie where he had trained his cat to do it. But I thought it was just a joke. But she said, no, you can really do it. I mean, cats are, are trainable in that way. I know they're funny about that anyway because they use their litter box. And, you know, yeah. cats are a little more tidy. I don't know. You got me on. <laughs> well, look, we're going <clears> to <throat> – we're, um, we're about to get into First Corinthians 15 – but I thought before we did that, because to me, that's sort of the crescendo of the of this letter. And then when you get into Second Corinthians, which we're excited about getting to, it's a lot of really good stuff to me that kind of comes out of that whole idea uh, of chapter fifteen. But before we get there, I, I thought in the, in the rest of our time on this podcast, we could sort of go back and look at everything that got us to this point, because this uh, letter we've sent from the beginning is unique in the sense that it was very directed at some of the issues that were going on at Corinth, which made it different than some of the other books that Paul or letters that Paul wrote. And one of the things <clears throat> we talked about at the very beginning was that unity was sort of the major issue with this group of people. I mean, is that fair to say that it, it seemed like disunity and division was their major problem whatever it was playing itself out to look like. You could, you could take 15 or 20 people and put them in a structure and let them keep meeting with each other yep. for the next 50 years, 
and it's pretty amazing how if you don't have a 15 of them, but, but for all of them to get along over a long period of time is a major task. Right. And there's not but 15 of them. You probably could get down to two or three. <laughs> and <laughs> well, you still, still probably have problems. Then you get into like the marriage situation. You say unity, even when they're just two of you, husband, wife, you'd say, well, they can get along. They, they're going to make a vow and they'll get along with each other. <laughs> well, about 50, 60 percent of them, no. Well, and Jason talked about this. I'm just saying unity among the human race, just look at the world and what we're seeing now in modern America, you're like, boy, for human beings to get along with each other and have unity under one well, one, one guiding principle is a bone to be chewed. Well, and the reason why is because we're all different. There are different ways of looking at things. All the evil ones' ways of attacking us, which we've talked about on the podcast for envy, jealousy, selfishness. I mean, you look at all the different things, and the lack sins. Of, I would say <coughs> lack of forgiveness. Correct. Just uh, let, it, let it ride. I mean, you know, let's not make an issue out of it. I mean, it's just... It's really uh, just something you can't... People just decide they can't get past something. Yeah. Whether it's something Well, they call it just ir- irreconcilable difference. Irreconcilable di- differences. Yeah. So, I mean, God has... Given us the the way to have reconcilable difference. I don't know why they tend to blame God for their not being able to get along, their disunity. They they'll they'll try to blame God and say, "Well, wait a minute here." But instead of the evil one, you know, you got to remember, less than fifty percent of America at this moment would say. Because of the love of God, this is the way I'm going to roll. That's less than 50% of us. It's out of 320 million people. Well, you know, yeah, it would the, be numbers, the numbers are getting, <clears throat> it's beginning to be, religion was a big thing about the founding of the nation. Big thing. They held on to it with both hands. Right. And everything they did, I mean, you know, from Thomas Jefferson and all of them, John Adams, George Washington, they were godly men, Bible thumpers, the whole bunch. And now there are people so proud to get out from under that the, the ravages of, you know, faith. They don't they don't like people of faith anymore. Well, you said 50%, but it's even far less than that because that's just people that even recognize there is a God. Yeah. Once you even recognize that, to actually live in love and to be able to live a lifestyle where you're unified with people, I mean, that takes a lot of effort. My point is when you read when you read a Bible, which I know it's off limits for half the country, they wouldn't touch it. They will get that Bible out of my face. But if they read it and just looked into it, you know, the discussion that he, we just talked about, about love, you know, love is patient, it's kind, it does not envy. He's trying to get them to come together and be of one mind, and it's a healthy mind. Most people are looking at it, the, the unbelievers, and are saying, that's a bunch of bull. It's a bunch of bull. Right. It's it's just a fiction. It's It's, it's not real. But... Tried and tested, you see the ones who actually love one another. You say, "No, it'll work." But it's uh, evidently it's it's for everybody, right? But uh, 
Yeah, a lot of people miss it. But but also, let's, says, let's, lo- take, love let's is, take our last break, Dan. It also says love is a decision. It's right. a daily decision that you yeah. make, yep. especially in view of God's love. It's like in your marriage, you're going to have bad days no matter what, what you do. You can do everything right. You're still going to have bad days. Right. Circumstances, things change. I mean, life is life. I just always viewed it as the Christian life is the harder life to live. Yep. I mean that's the bottom line. It, it's harder. You're you're, ha- you're putting yourself under a code and a standard of morals that's way above what the world is, even if you could find one out there. But until you make a heartfelt, not with the pump, this is pumping blood here. Heartfelt, you know, your conscience, you know, tells you, you know, what's the Romans two text? It says. Uh, your conscience either, let's see, uh, yeah, now their their conscience is bearing witness, their thoughts now accusing, now even defending them, you know, you know, it's written on the heart, it either, you either say, you'll do this, and you, it agrees with your conscience, or your conscience said, why did you do that? I mean, it's, you make mistakes. Your conscience is there to remind you of the mistake, or you, or, or it defends what you're doing, and it may be wrong, but you say, so that in here, that that heart has to change, or you won't have unity among human beings. No, no, no way. Well, no. But what's doesn't. interesting is, <clears throat> is that whether you have an awareness of who God is, everybody has a conscience. Yeah. Now, some choose to ignore it. Some and, choose and to the not law, listen. To it. The law is written. The requirements of the law, which is keep it, it's written on their hearts. The requirements, their conscience is also bearing witness. Yeah, this is the right way to go. I do what's right, and but their thoughts now accusing them, even defending them. So you. You have this conscience, you know what's right, but you don't do what's right, right. all the time without fail. You, you make mistakes. Well, because of that, here comes the friction, and, and you have a world full of people who some wrestle with it, and some just go all in on depravity, and that's Romans chapter 2. Which well, I think re- Al's point is there was disunity at every turn. Mm-hmm. And he's every, every turn, and, and it's not what we think. You know, when we had uh, bowls on here talking about the the role of women in that culture, I mean, they were pretty much running things, and all of a sudden, you know, based on all the other surrounding circumstances, when they were getting together, they were just being uncontrollable. That's right, <laughs> and. Uh, so then when you put that well, you in. You saw a little bit of everything. You saw, and that's what he goes through, the thing you saw, immorality. Remember all the whole right. sections we were dealing with earlier? They're proud of a situation. Immorality, that's, that's gross a, immorality. That's terrible. You know, yeah. they're like they proud of it. Doing the yeah. Lord's Supper, not really. Yeah. You know, Getting for drunk. them. And they were taking the gifts, God. Suing each other. 
Right. You had the suing each other. You had the the whole idea about the idolatry, which, you know, he was like, that's not even a big deal, but it's it's so rampant with you. You've made it a big deal. So he spent two chapters. Then they had the gender. Talking about how to deal with each other. The gender issues. Yeah. So when you read Philippians 2, when Paul kind of defined unity, you know, it's it all starts when he says in verse 1, if you have any fellowship, in with the spirit, if you have any comfort from Christ's love, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility, consider each other, consider each other's better than yourselves. You shouldn't look to your That's own a interests. Bone to be chewed, but also to the interests of others. Then he gets into that. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, which is why he he gave that order in First Corinthians eleven. Right. right. And so, I mean, to me, you're going to have to decide. Like when getting in the context of marriage, you're going to humble yourself every day to make this thing work. Now, if both of you do it, you're going to have a vibrant. Marriage. Right. I mean, if just one of you will do it, you, you can stay together. You hear people describing it. They describe it in verbiage like uh, thin-skinned or thick-skinned, meaning how much of a brow beating can you take? I mean, when will you draw the line? You know, when arguments start, because they were really having a time with each other. They were just devouring each other. You know, well, to me, that was <clears throat> they were all meeting under the head of Jesus, who never made a mistake. It just, it just, they had some some severe problems. Well, as much as the, but it dis- didn't stop at Corinth. It's here now. No, too. it's here, and but but it was unique there into what they were dealing with. The most embarrassing one to me. I mean, there were a lot of embarrassing situations they were dealing with them, but to me, the most embarrassing situation was were the misuse of the gifts. These were things that were designed to help them reach people yep. that were coming in. And I mean, that was the whole idea behind the tongues and you know, which we, we talked about that and the prophecy and all that was to point people to Jesus, but they were so tied up in jealousy and all these issues they had with each other and disunity. They weren't even able to accept these gifts and use them in a way that built people up. Where's that text that said they, these people go out and they're ruining whole households? Yeah, you know, you know, people who are just running their mouth. You that know, was in First Timothy. Yeah, I was going to say that was either Timothy or Titus. Well, he was talking <clears> about <throat> marriage because I think it's. Which, by the uh, way, he puts a marriage chapter right square in the middle of all this. I keep going back to that Ephesians 5. He talked about all the relationships, but meanwhile, I'm talking about you being married to Jesus, all of yep. it. Yeah. I mean, it's, and then he's like, oh, by the way, put on the armor of God. And he gives you all these things to do so you can take your, your day. I mean, you're standing against the uh, devil's schemes. And then when he went in, stand your ground, stand your ground. Well, when's that going to happen? It's like you saying, you know, when you turn your back on the tiger, well, you got to remember, Peter said, yeah. uh, your enemy, the devil, prowls around looking for someone to devour. So yeah, like thing a roaring is, lion. Now, in that case, I think when you turn your back on God, all of a sudden, there's there's something else that gets behind you looking to devour you. Right. And it happens 
pretty quick. You're making a pretty good case for the devil made me do it. Yeah. That's, well, why, that's why I act like I do. Right. It was if you could take the evil one, if there was no Satan, which most people in America now, they don't believe in, they don't believe there's a Satan right. or a devil. But they and, do believe there's the, evil. And they don't. Because well, you hear that all the time. But I think <clears throat> what they're calling evil, well, they're, what is evil? It's a it's a world, it's a group, it's a spirit, it's you know, where things are happening. So at least they acknowledge when we stop acknowledging good and evil, that's that's when we're really going off the road. Which I've heard a lot associated to Putin, you know, yep. the last month. <clears throat> well, it's evil when you have literally no regard for the innocent whatsoever. I mean, you're talking lobbing bombs into nuclear plants and everything. What's the Schools, neighborhoods, yeah. I mean, I you know once okay it was an accident. Sorry, when tanks are firing up on nuclear housing, well, the ramifications of that is everybody's going to get sick and maybe die. Do you not have any compassion for just general humanity? And what's ironic? The evil about, one doesn't. So, what's ironic about that situation? They already had Chernobyl. Already had a big meltdown and exactly. killed a bunch of people. I mean, they. People died around there from that for the last 30 years, whenever that oh, happened. It has, been, it, it has been amazing to watch that even when we talk about these, the Second Amendment and everything and the battle that always goes on with that. And then all of a sudden, in this case, it seems like all of America is united in saying, hey, go pass out the guns. You know, they're they're all all of a sudden said, I mean, this, this country is coming in there and and invading a sovereign need, country. We I need mean, to send them some guns. Let's send them some guns. Well, and I'm like, well, wait a minute. What? <laughs> I Did, thought guns two, were bad. Two weeks ago, you were saying, no, it's, look at these guns. They're terrible. I mean, look at what's happening. You're never going to need them. Because <laughs> when you realize it from a good and evil standpoint, you realize this is just a means to an end. Whatever, if you you know, if you're good at throwing spoons at people and <laughs> harming them, I mean, let's get rid of all the spoons. It's it's the heart of people, and it's what intention is being used, of good and evil. Everybody sees it in this case. I mean, here are these people; they're minding their yeah, own that's business. That's a good. Right? That's a good point. The same people that wouldn't see it here. All right, yeah. we're out of time. Uh, in our overtime, I want to give us. There's a little. There's a. There's a early hint and clue into what we're going to get into in 15 on the next podcast that Paul's already looked at back in chapters one and two. So I want to talk about that in the overtime, and then we'll dive into, I guess, arguably, I think my favorite, but certainly one of the best chapters in any book of the Bible, 1 Corinthians 15. It's a good one. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.